1: I welcome Ed, he's here frequently, he's a reoccurring character, if you will, on the Rational Boomer podcast, and it's a good thing we have uh, Ed back today, because in his own inimitable Southern style, he says, Mike, we, I got a bee in my bonnet about something, so let's, <laughs> let's let that bee out and see if we can't eradicate that motherfucker.
0: Okay. All right. It's uh, me and John Stewart have both got the same B, and uh, he has held forth on it uh, uh, pretty eloquently. I don't know what else I can add, but this is the, um, the Republicans shooting down a bill they had already passed once, um, right. that, uh, setting aside money for veterans who have been exposed to, to uh, toxic substances, going all the way back to or- Agent Orange in Vietnam through the burn pit, Uh, uh, things that people were exposed to in the Iraq wars and uh, Afghanistan and places like that, because in their usual brilliant way, the military decides to burn stuff that will kill you and make it even worse. And I got to say this now, I'm a veteran, but uh, uh, don't come at me and thank me for my service because it wasn't my idea. Okay?
1: yeah, there you Uh, go.
0: It wasn't my idea. I do think we need a military, and I think it needs to be used whenever we are threatened. But I don't think it needs to be an extension of the American uh, economic engine, which is what it's been used for ever since World War II. And some could even argue it used for that during World War II and before. But uh, it is what it is. Just a a little history. I was in college in the 60s, which we know was very volatile. I went into college as a young Republican, quite frankly, a Nixon supporter. From uh, his first term, I wasn't able to vote that year because uh, I uh, wasn't quite old enough. uh, But I would have cast a vote for for Richard Nixon.
1: You son of a bitch.
0: I know. I know. But uh, I was pissed, you know, want to know why? I was pissed at Lyndon Johnson because of the Vietnam War. He had—he was sending people that I went to high school with off to get shot in this godforsaken part of Southeast Asia that I had no idea why we were there. I mean, they were talking about domino theories and all of this stuff. But it was just people that I went to school with were going over there and getting their heads blown off for no particular good reason. So I... I uh, looking back now, I admire Johnson for what he was able to do domestically, but that was a huge mistake. Expanding that uh, conflict into a full-fledged war—that And that was on him, and that's why I was supporting Nixon because Nixon was, had a secret plan. He said of to course. end it, you know, and he'd pat his lapel as if he had this plan tucked away,
1: him,
0: <laughs> you know. So I fell for it, you know, and and he had some of the. Eisenhower uh, residual good feeling because he had been Eisenhower's vice president. So, okay. So I was a supporter. Also, I came from a Republican family. So it was just natural to support the Republicans, right? Well, I got in college and uh, I got very much into the anti-war movement along with most of the other people I knew. We were marching. uh, We were uh, raising our voices against this and primarily Because, like I say, people, that I was on a deferment, so I wasn't being, as long as I kept my grades up, I was fine for four years, right? Um, They had a thing back then called the lottery, the draft lottery, because we had a draft at that time where they could come and say, we need cannon fodder, you go, you know? There was nothing you could do about it unless you fled to Canada. That was pretty much it, or went to prison, like Muhammad Ali did, right on Muhammad, But uh, anyway, uh, I uh, managed to make it through the four years, uh, basically spouting off and doing what I could to end the war. And just before I graduated, they announced that um, my number, by the way, was 81. Not a great number. So I knew as soon as I graduated, as soon as I walked across the stage and claimed that diploma. I had a pretty good chance of going. Now I had already applied to law school and been accepted at the University of Tennessee. So that was my plan. And I was pretty sure I could get another deferment for that, but I was a little conflicted, I'll be honest with. You. But I, I walked across the stage and picked up that diploma. And that very day they had announced just previous to this that they were only going to take through number 75 and then they were going to end the draft in November. So wow. I felt like, oh, wow, I managed it. And the day I got my diploma, the day after, they announced, nope, nope, we're going to take up to 100.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> so I said, all oh, the hell with it. I'm tired of this chunk. So when I, I got home, I went straight to the draft board and volunteered for the draft. I said, okay. Two years, you know, maybe I'll be lucky. Maybe they'll make me a clerk or something and I won't have to carry an M-16 in the jungle. Next day, recruiter shows up my door. Knock, knock, knock. We need guys like you who have been to college for this special program. We need you to be a linguist and uh, spy on somebody. He didn't say who. And uh, uh, all you have, all it'll cost you is another year. So I thought about this for a while. And I finally said, okay, let's do it. Uh, he pointed out the benefits were that I would be in language school in Monterey, California for a year on Uncle Sam's dime. That was pretty appealing, and it was great. And I wound up uh, being a Korean linguist and spending 18 months in Korea listening to Kim, un, Kim uh, Jung un his grandfather. Right, right. <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, um, I think I can say that. <laughs> but, yeah, 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 you know, you
1: know the thing about it is is that uh, we constantly hear the Republicans saying, "We support our troops, we support our troops, pray for our troops, you gotta stand behind the military, and they spout this stuff, and then when it comes down to protecting uh veterans who have been put in a position by our government who now are becoming sick and dying. And now the Republicans, and it's only the Republicans that say, fuck you. We don't care if you're dying. We want to own the libs and fuck off. And there's no way they can argue about it. And and here's the fucking crazy thing to me. It's like they're throwing away the midterms. We're going to take constitutional rights away from women. We're going to suppress votes from people of color. We're going to misuse and mistreat LGBTQ people. And now while we're fucking everybody over, let's fuck over the veterans. I mean, how, (laughs) where does this mentality come from? It's fucking ridiculous.
0: Well, well, I have a theory on it, just, just to follow up the, the my Army experience, right? So I quickly, uh, I, I did my time in the Army, but I never became uh, enamored of it. I was still concerned about the folks back home, the young guys, because people that I knew, uh, a young guy I went to school with, he got killed, and a guy worked at a grocery store with, he was went to, sent to Southeast Asia, he came home, he got married. All of his kids started showing up with birth defects,
1: right?
0: And uh, he became uh, a very uh, um, active in the, the campaign to try to find out what was going on. It was Agent Orange, of course, that of he course. was exposed to, and uh, and he died young of lung cancer because, or some other uh, some other kind of cancer, but uh, he didn't smoke so uh, uh that was what got him right and at at that point I, I i became radicalized. I became even more so as far as uh the military because uh, folks like uh like me people who uh who grew up poor and managed somehow or other to get out of that um, to escape that that cycle of, of permanent poverty by luck more than anything else. Those are the folks who always wind up getting scooped up by the military. Either, uh, either they are uh, just flat out drafted, uh, like they were back then, or they're lured in with promises of money or advancement or, or, or whatever. Uh, but, and then they become the supporters of the military industrial complex for some mm-hmm. reason. They're the cannon father, but uh, that was the big divide, Uh, Back during the war and after, Uh, you were either a real American who supported our troops, which meant supporting the war, not supporting our troops who were getting shot up and exposed to toxic chemicals and so forth, and uh, then they come back and they try to get VA care, and the VA says, uh, well, uh, uh, that's not service-related, uh, yeah. you've got cancer. Anybody can get cancer. You can't prove it's because you got exposed to Agent Orange. We don't even know if that's a cause of cancer. Of course, we did by then, but they still kept denying it. So it's been an ongoing fight, and it, 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 it pisses me off that they had already passed this bill once and that most of these Republicans who voted against it this time voted for it just not that long ago, back on June 16th, it was. The reason it came up again, when there was one sentence having to do with um, farming out rural veterans care, so they didn't have to travel forever to a VA hospital to get care, that they could get care locally. And the parliamentarian said, the way this is written, it doesn't jive with the um constitution so we have to go back to the house and get that rewritten so that's what happened then it came comes back to the senate it should have been uh, a done deal it should have been an automatic rubber stamp but chuck schumer and joe manchin had done a runaround of mitch mcconnell and and got this bill that's going to reduce inflation it's going to fight climate change, and it's going to lower the cost of prescription drugs, all of which the Republicans hate. McConnell lost his mind. He called up these other senators. They got uh, Toomey, who is retiring from the Senate, um, to be the, the, the bad guy here. Right, I mean, right. because, uh, you know, he figures I, I can wait two years and come back as a lobbyist or whatever cushy job he, he gets after the Senate. So he's going to take the hit right he's going to be right. the bad guy he's going to right. be the point man you know so all of these people need to suffer they need need to be made to suffer they need to lose their jobs they need to be expelled they need to in the midterms the republicans need to be destroyed so that they are never ever again any sort of political force in this country because as you say there is no one who is safe from them not women not LGBTQ people, now not veterans. Um, Who else will it be? People in mixed marriages? You can bet on it. Uh, uh, People who have been uh, using affirmative action? Absolutely. What's left of the Voting Rights Act? It'll be gone. So this is why these Republicans are like this. They have been taken over by not people who are reasonable, people who will work across the aisle to do good things for everybody. These people are, and this was engineered primarily by Newt Gingrich with his contract on America, that uh, you have to get rid of everybody who isn't a raving lunatic.
1: Right, right. Well, let, 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 let's explain how this scenario laid out because I'm not sure people understand it. It all, all, start, it all started with the semiconductor bill. We've got a problem with the semiconductors getting them from China. We've got cars sitting on lots that don't have computers, amongst other semiconductor issues. So right. Joe Biden decided, and the uh, the Democrats decided, we need to start making semiconductors here. And yeah, a great that,
0: idea. That means jobs,
1: and that that means jobs, and means better for this country. Who would vote against that? So anyway, this bill comes up, and they're going to run it through the House and run it through the Senate, and. Uh, McConnell, uh, because he doesn't give a fuck what's good for the country, he only cares about what's good for him, says, look, we'll pass this semiconductor bill, but I don't want to see any uh, uh, tax increase bills or funding bills coming up after. If we do this for you, you're not going to do any of these funding bills uh, after the fact. So what happens is they pass the semiconductor bill. OK. Yep. And then the Senate uh, um, comes out. Schumer comes out. And prior to that, they'd already passed this veterans bill in the Senate right. uh, and it had to go back to the House. And it was just a rubber stamp. So anyway. Uh, the semiconductor bill passes the day after <laughs> McConnell thought he had mansion in his pocket, he said. They, they out they come after, hey, we've come to an agreement on a spending <laughs> bill and raising taxes, and yes. they're going to pass that under reconciliation, which exactly. drove Mitch McConnell nuts, because basically Mitch McConnell got played. And, and what's funny is the guys who end up playing everybody all the time get the maddest when they get played, but he got what he deserved. So he got played in this situation. So now he's mad. Now he's mad. What does he do? He takes the bill for the veterans that already passed, had a simple change, as you pointed out, had to go back to the Senate. And now they shut it down because they're mad at the Democrats. So let's look at what the Republicans do. They were kind of going back and forth on the semiconductor thing, in spite of the fact it was hugely important to this country and our economy. They are mad about the raising of taxes, but the taxes being raised are only on the rich, not on the middle class. So because they're mad about that, they now uh, tank the fucking veterans bill, even though they know that's a good thing and an important thing. And it's, they, they basically stepped on the fucking veterans just to push it back in the face of the Democrats. And that's the fucking kind of people we're dealing with.
0: Right. And we've got to stop the lie before it starts because it's already started. But it's time to shove it back down their lying throats, because I know Cruz is out there saying it, and probably the rest of them will be. They're saying they voted against this veterans bill because it creates, quote, a slush fund from which the uh, the Democrats will be able to, I don't know, uh, run commercials about CRT or something. Who knows? You know, but uh, it's not true. OK, what the, it it uh, it creates a fund, uh, it, a money source for this particular bill, right, to uh, to pay for it, to pay for the veterans care. But uh, it's not a slush fund because every dime has to co it has the secretary of veterans affairs has to come back to the Senate and the and, uh, House of Representatives with every dollar to get their approval. So that's bullshit. This is exactly what they passed back in June. Exactly. Not one word has changed. The only wording that was changed was that one sentence about rural health care for veterans that they don't have to go to a VA hospital, make it uh, constitutionally correct. And I'm not even sure what the wording was or what they changed, but it's one sentence. So this is the big lie. Another big lie. Well, pick one. (laughs) If it's coming out of a Republican's mouth, it's a lie, right? Definitely. So this is what they're saying. It creates a slush fund. It doesn't. They voted for it already. They knew what it was. They knew the funding source. They knew exactly everything about it. They're lying now. So don't trust them. Vote against them because they're evil people. Only evil people would do this. Only evil people. It's like it's like the abusive husband who the police come and they say you hit your wife again. We're going to take you out behind the barn and beat the crap out of you. So what does he do? He looks around and kicks the dog.
1: Right. You know, right? that's is- exactly right.
0: This is what's going
1: on. Well, you know, like you say anything that comes out of the mouth of uh, Republicans is a lie and people would say well that's kind of that's that's kind of an exaggeration. No, it's not. The big lie about about the election, the lie about everything. They will take any little thing Cassidy Hutchinson, they take one little thing and they try to discount everything she said. Well, unfortunately somebody comes along and corroborates everything she said. This is what they do. It's all about gaslighting. It's all about distraction and diversion, because they aren't right. They are wrong. As you said, they are evil. And it just shows the American people, if they're paying attention, that these people will go against the American public, whether it be veterans or the middle class or anything, they will take something that's good and vote against it only to show their power or to throw it in the face of liberals. And that's and that's not what they're fucking there for. They're there to serve us. And frankly, the Republicans don't do it at all. And I have some questions about the Democrats as well as uh, whether they do it as much as they should.
0: Well, uh, let's talk about Mitch for a moment, because I, I, I was wondering what he was objecting to in that uh, microchip bill to begin with. Right. Yeah. Uh, we know. That he has huge ties to uh, not mainland China, but to Taiwan, right? His his wife, Elizabeth Cho, uh, uh, the the transportation secretary, um, her father is huge in uh, in shipping yeah. from Taiwan. I mean, he was a billionaire, and consequently, so is Mitch because of it.
1: Right? He
0: married money, big money, right? So uh, he has ties there. But not directly to China. So maybe, maybe, uh, I thought at first, well, maybe he's got some sort of. I know the Chinese build, uh, the mainland Chinese have built a lot of different uh, uh, manufacturing plants and so forth in Kentucky. So uh, maybe there's something there where they said, look, we want to keep making chips. Why don't you be against that? That's possible, right? I don't know that for sure. But the other part of it is think about what are those chips mainly being used for? They're being used for electric cars. Right. And what is Mitch? What is his big thing? Fossil fuels, coal, oil, especially coal. Uh, But anything that has to do with the automotive interest automotive industry, staying dependent on fossil fuels, feathers Mitch's cap. So Why wouldn't he be against getting more chips, making electric cars more available and cheaper? Absolutely. He probably he would be against both. Well, it's not hard to figure out. Follow the money.
1: Well, Mitch has come out and said a number of times with Obama and Biden that their one goal is to shut down every bill that either Obama or the Biden administration put out there, whether it's good or not. It's their goal to shut everything down Democrats do, which is contrary to their fucking job in serving the people. I mean, that's his mentality about this thing. It's about beating the Democrats. There is no negotiation. There is no compromise to this, which is the essence of what Congress is supposed to be. I've got a question for you. Yeah. Manchin comes to terms with Schumer. <laughs> Manchin has been nothing but a thorn in the side of the Democrats since biden got into office he has not moved an inch even though he might have teased people to think he was i have a theory i'm curious as to what you think the reason mansion gave on these because i mean he makes a million dollars a year from a fucking from a coal mine so him going to this climate change is a little unprecedented do you have a do? You, what's your insight as to why he made that change
0: Well, I've I've thought about it and, uh, you know, maybe he felt like he needed to uh, because he's in the catbird seat being a Democrat, a a safe Democrat in a red state. Right. Which is that's insane. Right. Yeah. I mean, you don't expect that. But that puts him in a position to say yay or nay on almost everything. It makes him more powerful than almost anybody else. And what does that bring you? It brings you money. It brings you prestige. It brings you influence. It makes you powerful. So he wants to keep that position by being totally a butthead to the the Democrats. He risks losing committee uh, chairmanships and that sort of thing. I mean, if everybody hates him at some point, he stands to lose. And he may be looking at polls and going, um, hmm, hmm. If if I become an also-ran uh, because they get two or three more senators, then all of my power goes out the window. Probably at that point, they don't need me anymore. There goes my committee chairmanships. There will be retaliation. Maybe I'd better um, work on my image a little. I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive that he went to Schumer and said, look. I need this. Let's, yeah, let's play it this way. I'm going to come out and say I can't do this and so it looks dead and then we'll score two things Mitch will go along with the computer chip bill, then we come back do this as a budget reconciliation, and we get something that everybody wants we get. Uh, action on climate change, significant action on climate change, by the way, Right. we, we get, uh, which he would never have thought he would have voted for. But uh, then you also get the reduction in drug prices, which everybody wants. This is a big win for Democrats. It's huge. Right. And, and by extension, it's a big win for Joe Manchin, who made it possible.
1: Well, and I I think you're absolutely right. What you just said is the reason I think Joe Manchin bent in this situation. He is looking at the polls. He's seeing the prospect of three, maybe three or four more Democratic senators. And now, like you say, his power that he wields now disappears. He becomes inconsequential. And that's the best thing we can hope for with Joe Manchin. Everybody says, we got to get him out of office. No, we want to keep him in office because whatever would follow him would be way worse and would be Republican and, and, and take away a margin for the Democrats. So we just got to manage Manchin and we've got to make him inconsequential. And he sees that coming. And like you said, uh, once that comes, and he's not in the news every day, and he doesn't fucking matter, his, uh, his income flow is going to lessen, his power is going to drop. And he sees that in front of him. So he figures, like you say, I got to rehabilitate my image. So the Democrats like me better. But here's what I think. I think Nobody forgets about the bullshit Joe Manchin does. He may be trying to rehabilitate himself, but as far as I'm concerned, any Democrat, any Democratic politician that gives him sway because all of a sudden he was a nice guy are being tricked by Joe Manchin. Do not do that. Uh, What Manchin and Schumer did, and I think it had to be more Manchin than Schumer because Schumer doesn't seem to have the wherewithal to, to do this, but they fucking played Mitch McConnell. And good for them, because Mitch McConnell's been doing it to them for fucking decades. And Mitch McConnell is fucking pissed about that, because he looks stupid. And he was stupid in this situation. He got played. And I give Manchin more credit than I do Schumer, because I think Manchin is more of that mindset than Schumer.
0: Well, you got to give the guy credit. He is a Democratic senator in a red state. He has managed to walk that line. Uh, for a, a goodly long time to get into a position of power. So he's got some smarts or, or he's ruthless or, or something. I
1: think probably. of them.
0: Uh, Yeah, probably. But, and sometimes you can use that. Uh, you know, as it is now, if he were to go independent, we lose our majority. If he were to switch to Republican, they get the majority. Uh, it, it's, uh, you know, everybody says primary him. No, no, you don't do that. You know, at least not because you're going to lose that state. Because if Joe Manchin goes, you get a Republican and you're going to get a sorry ass Republican. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get a statesman. You're not going to get somebody who's going to reach across the aisle. You're not going to get a McCain. You're not going to get a Howard Baker. You're going to get another Mitch or something worse.
1: So in West Virginia. Joe Manchin is the best possible, uh, best possible senator we can expect for the Democratic side. He's not well, he certainly great has the a,
0: most teeth. You know? Yeah,
1: he has the most <laughs> teeth. We got that, that going for us. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. But Mitch got played, and now he's going to be angry. And I'm afraid that over and above the veterans thing, he's going to start trying to tear down other things because that's how these people react. The unfortunate thing for him, and I think that what they don't see, is that everything they're doing is working against them in the midterms. You can't damage everybody in this fucking country and expect to win a fucking election.
0: Well, I hope not. You know, I mean, the thing is, uh, I'm here in Tennessee where... uh, uh, both of uh, my senators voted against the veterans bill. That's yep. Marsha Blackburn and and her friend, Little Garrity, who carries her purse. Um, they uh, both voted uh, no, even though they both voted yes a month before. So uh, that tells you all you need to know about them. Um, Marsha also got rich uh, enabling the opi- opioid crisis. So uh, that's that's even more
1: well you 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 have veterans in tennessee i mean you are the fucking volunteer state exactly you have to have people that have been suffering with this burn pit situation how do you expect to get their vote if you say fuck you go ahead and die and which is what blackburn and garrity did in, in 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 tennessee
0: well you you've got to understand first of all that this is a republican state by um This became a Republican state in my lifetime. When I was a kid, East Tennessee was Republican. All the rest of it was uh, Democrat or Dixiecrat. Memphis area was more Dixiecrat. The middle Tennessee was was Al Gore Sr. territory, um, where we had Al Gore Sr. and uh, Howard Baker on the Republican side. Both of these guys, you know, they could go either way on a bill, and frequently did, and sometimes they were friends. You know, uh, they were much more uh, along the lines of the northern Democrats, the Humphreys, if you will, of the time. Right. And uh, um, so Tennessee was a much more moderate state at that point. Uh, Nixon's southern strategy worked real well here. And the rest of the state became Republican, too, based on racism, period. That's that's it. That's the base of it. Yeah. And uh, and it endures to this day so uh, but they are very much oh, you wave a flag, and they're there. you know, if you wave a flag and hold up a Bible, you got them on your on their knees. If you hold up a flag, wave a Bible, and in one hand and uh hold a shotgun or sling a shotgun over your shoulder on a sling you're elected
1: right. those right. are
0: the big three right there, as a matter of fact my my congress person. Harshbarger is her name, Diane Harshbarger. That was her commercial. She <laughs> she did not engage in debate with any other Republicans, and she was by far the worst Republican. Her husband's in prison for importing Chinese drugs and trying to pass them off as American drugs to drugstores, which he did and got very rich at it. Somehow or other, she it was their business. Somehow or other, he took the rap, went to prison, and she. Uh, she got ends up in Congress. Congress.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But that was her commercial. You saw a cross and, and and a Bible verse. You saw a waving flag, and she was there with her shotgun slung over her shoulder. I support Trump. That was her campaign, and she off she goes to Congress.
1: You know, you know. It's funny. I I've told you and I've told the audience before that my wife and I uh did did actually buy a place in savannah georgia because we love savannah and all that stuff and, and people, here's the
0: address folks if you want to stop by
1: <laughs> well it's yeah you're not going to get in but um the thing is is that everybody will say to me you're going to georgia with your attitude about politics and such and and, and to be honest with you the whole time i was there i know there are pr- plenty of trumple down in georgia uh, but I didn't really run into them. Everybody in Savannah and in the surrounding area were very, very nice. We didn't even talk about politics, which is probably smart. But what what makes me feel good about Georgia is they have two Democratic senators, and Warnock is going to be running against Herschel Walker, that doesn't have a prayer in fucking hell of winning. So Warnock, I believe, will win that Senate seat, and then you've got uh, Stacey Abrams. And right. uh, what I wanted to do in the closing thing is I wanted to make uh, an addendum to that saying we will complete this deal, assuming Stacey Abrams wins Abrams <laughs> the governorship. Uh, but the, but I was I was told, yeah, that's probably not going to work. So <laughs> so I didn't do that. But I'm feeling good about Stacey Abrams. I think there's enough of a split in the Republican Party that she might be able to pull this off. And so here we are in the deep south and it's a blue fucking state. That would be crazy.
0: Well, this is the thing. Yeah. You, what do you got, what you got to realize about Georgia and and I think there are a number of Southern states who can go the same route, uh, forget about Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana. No, that's not going to happen, but there are others that are a possibility, but it's a, it's uh it's an urban, it's an urban versus rural thing. If you right. go to Atlanta, you go to Savannah, you go to the cities you're going to find a more moderate group of people because they've been out they've been right. around they've, they've done, read a they've, book <laughs> that's right <laughs> they've gone to town and come home you know, and they've seen city lights and they know how things work and and then out in the hills, you've got these people that are barely literate if they are at all right. and they're still fighting civil war you know
1: right they and, did uh, film deliverance in northeastern georgia so there you go that gives you some insight (laughs)
0: exactly and that that's not far off i mean that was written by a southerner so you know he nailed it right
1: yeah no shit Uh, all right we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break we're about that time we're gonna take a quick break and we got a lot more to talk about so stick with us we will be right back you know we talked about georgia and having two blue senators and maybe a blue governor and this deep south state becoming blue which I'm looking forward to because I'll be spending some time down there. But there's another state that's a swing state that I'm really feeling like we're going to get another blue senator out of. And that's Ohio. Uh, There's Tim Ryan, who I like a lot. He's been in the House of Representatives. I like the way he talks. I like the way he thinks. I like the way he seems pretty grounded and down to earth. Uh, but he's running against this author, J.D. Vance, who wrote Hillbilly Elegy, which was kind of a half ass book and a half ass movie. Uh, it was all right. It was OK. But this J.D. Vance is one of the many Trump endorsees that are just fucking wackos. And I we've said together that that the more Trump wackos that end up being the Republican candidates, the better, because it'll be much easier for Democrats to beat the fucking crazies. But what J.D. Vance is doing in Ohio is just amazing. And it's upsetting the Republicans, too, because he's not doing jack shit. They can't even find the fucker half the time. So it's an an interesting angle. Maybe this guy's got too much money and thinks he can just win it on his personality. But based on what we've seen, I think he's got a problem with that.
0: Yeah, I don't even know what he's doing in Ohio to begin with. I mean, um, did you read his book? Because I did.
1: I didn't read the book, but I watched the movie.
0: Okay. <clears throat> what Ron Howard did or whoever wrote the screenplay, um, what they did was kind of take the narrative and, and make a movie out of it. The, right. the surface narrative that, uh, he's born here, he does this, 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 his relatives, you know, and so forth, but it, it leaves out all of the dialogue that he puts in that most people find really objectionable. Um, I, I would, uh, I would put J.D. Vance and, uh, I'm speculating here now. I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm speculating. Um, Mr. Graham, Lindsey Graham, right? Right. Now, now, a lot of folks think Lindsey Graham is a closeted gay man who hates himself, and and uh, you know, on the sly he visits the tea rooms and the glory holes and all of that, but <laughs> he pretends to not be gay, right?
1: Even though he's like in his 60s, never been married, and lives with his best friend. Not yeah, saying, I mean, I'm just saying.
0: Yeah, it's just speculation, right? We, we're not saying that's the case, right?
1: Doesn't but, matter.
0: Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, I think that uh, there are people like that who do hate themselves because they'd rather not be gay, but they are and they can't help it. So they try to do everything they can to, to, to take the focus off of that. right? Right. I'm not gay because I vote against everything that's good for gay people, right? Well, J.D. Vance is the same way. He hates himself. He hates what he came from. And that's what his book, Hillbilly Elegy, is all about. Uh, his, uh, His people were the hillbillies that left the hills after World War II and followed the hillbilly highway up into Indiana and Ohio where they got manufacturing jobs because there wasn't anything back home except tobacco fields and coal mines. Right. Yeah. But they also got, uh, they also were, uh, well, my mama would have called them poor white trash. Okay. And uh, meaning that they, they kind of existed on the edges of society and they were moonshiners and they weren't above prostitution, whatever else. And they loved to fight each other knife each other and all of that just really objectionable people so they moved to indiana and uh, and ohio but in the summertime they come back down and they fight and kill each other and so forth i mean if you saw the movie with with glenn close and and so forth how they were always brawling with everybody especially their own and and they were drug addicted and and all of that right now right. that's what he comes from now he went the marine corps and he got sort of straightened out. He went to law school and uh, he got his degree. And then he heads to Silicon Valley where he works for, you know, a, a very right wing. Uh, uh, it'll come to me at some point. Maybe you can come up with it. But he's a he, it's a, a tech guy. I think PayPal was his maybe
1: yeah, something
0: maybe. like that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he funds a lot of right wing stuff. And J.D. worked for him and uh, got into politics, got his idea of politics and so forth that's what he's coming from but he is very much a guy who hates himself or at least hates what he came from and he wants to distance himself for that and that's his really only thing you know and uh he his his whole thing is i made it so anybody can make it right you know kind of thing but
1: uh and he hates anybody that doesn't make it right Exactly. He looks exactly. down his nose at those people. Yeah, Exactly. You know, it's funny when you look at J.D. Vance and Lindsey Graham, if what you say is right, that they hate themselves, you would think that would be a point where we could create some unity because they hate themselves and we hate those motherfuckers. <laughs> That's something yeah. we can come together on and agree upon.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, you've got to come to terms with what you are. And that's my philosophy. It's taken me 72 years. I've almost got it. But uh, uh, you've got you've to be honest with yourself. And, uh, you know, maybe they see these tendencies in themselves and, and, and they just they can't face it. Uh, the other thing that, that J.D. reminds me of is uh, years ago, this is probably even before your time, there was a series of books written by a guy named Erskine Caldwell. Yeah. Tobacco Road was one of them. God's Little Acre was another, and it dealt with the depravity of southern of these people, these right. Southerners who have no religion, they have no uh, go, no uh, ambition. They they uh, get by by hook or crook and all of that. And he wrote that sounds like
1: Republicans.
0: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but <laughs> he wrote these books not because uh, he wanted to uh, tell. Anything positive about these people, but because he wanted, he was very much a believer in eugenic, eugenic, pardon me, eugenics, the right. idea that there are certain parts, certain people that should just be eliminated. Right. They should be uh, not allowed to breed, they should be gotten rid of to uh, improve the, the breeding stock, so to speak.
1: And he got some uh, good company because that's what Hitler thought too, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Actually, uh, this was a big theory back at the turn of the 20th century. There were lots of folks who were really into that. Uh, It kind of stemmed from Darwin's theory, survival of the fittest and so forth. And uh, um, definitely Hitler felt that way. Orban right now. Right. right In there, in Hungary. We are Hungarians. We don't want any. We don't want to become a a mixed race people, which is bullshit. They're already mixed. We know that.
1: Orban from Hungary. You're right. And, and of course, the Republicans just uh, showcased him in their little fucking event. They love this guy, even though oh, yeah. he's a despot, a fucking dictator and a, uh, a, a vicious killer.
0: Well, this is it. See, this is this is the Republican problem, because uh, there are Republicans uh, who probably don't believe this, but they see that it plays with a certain group of people. Right. The white supremacists, the uh, uh, the the Klan, the Nazis—it plays well with them. So you know they they don't come right out and say it anymore, like Erskine Caldwell did, or 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 J.D. Vance in his book—he was pretty much saying that too. There's no hope for these people. He was saying, he right. really did. Go read the book; you'll find that. Um, you don't see it as much in the movie because Ron Howard's not a dick.
1: <laughs> <You know? laughs> True. I, know, bet Ron, more, I bet you, Ron. I bet right. you, Ron Howard. Sorry, he did that movie. Now
0: I you bet you're right. Uh,
1: I don't I think Ron Howard's right. politically in line with JD Vance at this fucking point.
0: No, and and the movie he made was more about showing a certain nobility of Glenn Close's character that she continues to try to keep this family together when everybody else in it is pretty much and and including her you have to admit it i mean she tried to burn her husband to
1: death (laughs) you know Uh, you have your bad days yeah
0: exactly you know but uh happen the i she kept telling him somebody's keep got to keep this family together after i die right well jd turns out not to be that guy Uh, i'm sorry to say no but uh Uh, I think that's what Ron had in mind was more trying to show that these people were human, even though they didn't seem to act like it. When J.D.'s book actually said pretty much that these people are never going to get any better. Uh, There's nothing you can do to. uh, But see, I know better. I know better because when I was a kid, I worked at the cut rate food market where the clientele was mostly those people. Right, And uh, even though I despised Linda Johnson at the time, when I came back from college and looked around, the people that were living in shacks with no floors and uh, uh, walking everywhere barefoot and letting their kids run around naked because they couldn't afford diapers were living in decent housing and had, had acquired cars and were working in jobs. Wow. And that all came out of the war on poverty that Johnson uh, put in, in uh, uh, got started and, and kept going to a certain extent until, you know, Reagan and, and, and so forth have, did everything they could to erase it. But uh, it worked. I saw it. I mean there's a young girl who when I was a kid was one of those kids running around without diapers who who uh, you know she's not a lawyer she's not a doctor but she she manages a um a, a quickie mart kind of thing and yeah. you know is a, a contributing person in, in society now.
1: And I'm um, assuming you know, I'm assuming since she's a manager of a quickie mart she Did find a way to get some clothes because that would have made the job much tougher. No, actually, that's why people shop. okay, (laughs) okay. Okay. I get it. I get it. You know, one of the things I want to talk about, I really believe. A lot of people don't pay attention to what's going on. And and when you're talking about politics and you're talking about trends in politics, things are very subtle. Now, we've spent a lot of time people saying that uh, Donald Trump's a criminal. Nobody's going to ever going to be accountable for it. Merrick Garland isn't doing anything. The DOJ isn't doing anything. But now we're seeing some shit. And I think it's partially because Merrick Garland felt some pressure. Uh, Merrick Garland's kind of close to the vest. He's very methodical about what he does. And now we're finding out a lot of things that we didn't know. We thought they followed up the J6 committee. Now we're finding out that they were going into this in April, which is before the hearings and the J6 committee entered into that. And secondly, we're finding out now that they are, in fact, investigating, criminally investigating Donald Trump and his actions around that day. That that paints a totally different picture from what we've seen over the last year.
0: Yes. And we're seeing the other thing we're seeing is the rats, the yeah. rats oh, rats yeah. Deserting the ship. I mean, yesterday it was Pence's guys. And then it was, uh, you know, more of Trump's inner circle uh, showing up to testify without subpoena, um, choosing to come in at their request, the request of the committee without fighting it. And um, they, they have to keep scheduling new hearings because they're getting so much information. Now we have to find out the other thing, of course, is somewhere, somebody, nothing is ever erased completely. Nothing is ever perfect. Somebody's got copies. There's a phone somewhere on the other end right? where, where a Secret Service agent or the director of Homeland Security or his deputy or somebody sent a text to somebody who didn't erase it because their phones weren't reset. Well, and that's not- going to come to light. That's going to come to light.
1: Oh, it's going to come to light, and not 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 even that so much as that these phone uh, providers, uh, cell phone providers, right? They've got to have the data somewhere yep. in their files. The weird thing is now the Secret Service, while they were asked over and over again for this data and these cell phones, even after being asked, they somehow lost all the uh, text from just happens to be January 5th and January 6th and now we're hearing the same thing out of department of homeland security the weird thing is these people aren't stupid people they know that just because well we lost the phones doesn't mean that data isn't there they they've got to know this but it's it's such a childish attempt to avoid punishment you know it's kind of it's kind of like uh it's kind of like where you crack the lamp when you were a kid And you just turned it toward the wall so mom wouldn't see it right away. You do everything you could to delay it. And Mm -hmm. that's what they're doing in this case. They're going to get caught. It's going to get exposed and we're going to see all it is. All this tells us is that it's got to be really fucking bad.
0: Yeah, that's a real quick story. When I was a kid, my father was a long haul trucker and he hauled furniture. And every now and then there'd be an overage and and he'd wind up with a chair or something that or an end table or something. It wasn't on the manifest and nothing to do with it. So not being a larcenous type, usually, it might find its way to our house. Right.
1: right. I get it. I get it.
0: <laughs> yeah. And there was one. It was a, a spinning chair right you could you could get in it and spin around it had a, a wooden base uh legs and so forth. A swivel chair. yeah and uh my uh but it, it was meant to be like an, in a living room not a desk chair right but anyway my uh, mother and father go somewhere so me and my two brothers are at home so what are we doing we're spinning that sucker like crazy right yep. yep. It, it tips over the leg breaks so we're, oh my God, you know, I mean, my mother loves this chair. We got it free. It's great. You know, so we get hammers and nails and stuff and we put this thing back together. Right. But we know it's not going to hold. Right. But, but, but it's, it sits there. It looks okay. And we don't sit in it. We don't go anywhere near
1: it now. Right. right? right, right.
0: And my father already had his chair where he sat. Right. So uh, there wasn't. Nobody was sitting in it, right? Well, my, my uncle and his aunt come over on Sunday after Sunday dinner, and they're sitting around. My uncle is a little, very large man. He takes a seat. We we sat. We sit there waiting, waiting. Nothing's happening. We did a pretty good job. Bam! <laughs> Suddenly, he's on the floor. He's like a beach twale. You know what? This chair is, and, and he is just so upset because he thinks he broke it.
1: Right, right.
0: And of course, nobody looks closely at it. So he takes the chair home and he's a welder. And he welds this whole support system and fixes it. And my mother had that chair for another 20 years. <laughs> And they they never knew, <laughs> and and of
1: course you and your brothers never thought about doing the right thing and saying ah oh, it was us. You said, of course not. Fucking let's ride this out, and that's what it's always
0: it, better to get away with it.
1: <laughs> and and that's exactly how these secret service people feel. They don't they don't yep. think they're going to get away with it, but maybe they get lucky like you did with the chair. Uh, but they're not. They're not. It's just It's just amazing to me the lengths they will go and the immaturity they will show to try to avoid punishment.
0: Well, right. And and someone made the point that how much worse, how much worse must the text be than the storm they're getting over deleting them?
1: Right, exactly. You know,
0: they're willing to take the heat for that because they know it would be so much worse if those uh, those texts got out.
1: Isn't there a common thought over all these years, going back to Nixon and far, Farther, uh, the crime is one thing, but the cover up is fucking way worse. And they oh, are certainly covering it up right now.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's- That's where the crime actually probably is. You know, the... Uh, um, Unless, I mean, we see that we uncover some sort of vast conspiracy that's still ongoing, which is probably the case.
1: Probably the case. And, and But here's the crazy thing. We have what sounds like immense problems with the Secret Service, the people who are supposed to protect the president. Clearly, there were some inroads and some uh, loyalties to Donald Trump. But now these same fucking people are trying to protect Joe Biden. That can't be safe. Well,
0: Joe brought, you know, he dismissed the presidential group and brought his vice presidential group in uh, along with him. So he had people that that he trusted at least, uh, you know, somewhat. But uh, I have to say that when you're talking about CIA, FBI, uh, NSA, and, and I was a part of this at one point when I was in the Army. I mean, the Army Security Agency is a uh, subsidiary of the NSC, which is the NSA of the Army, right? But right. anyway, so I know a little bit about how it works. I was very low level. I had a top secret security clearance, but that's very low. Uh, you, you get top, that gets you a certain point, and then you have levels way above that, right? right. With letters and numbers and so forth on them. And everything's on an absolute need to know, but, uh, they're mostly conservative. I've got to say, right. I met very few liberals in that world that, that had been around for any length of time. And, and part of that, I think derives from, they came out of that. We hate the communist stuff of the fifties. That's, that's where these guys got started. And it came out of the Ivy league, which was big anti-communist still remains. So probably, um, that's where the Secret Service, you know, the OSS, that's where it all began. Um, and uh they remain very, very conservative. So uh that's what you're gonna get.
1: Yeah, it's but but don't you think right now, do you think as delusional as he is and as as mentally ill as he is, do you think Donald Trump really understands the bad position he's in? They're going after him directly. He's trying to gaslight and divert and distract and now it's not working this is always the way it goes with people like him they spin around and they do whatever and they get away with it for a while but eventually they get pushed in a corner and there's no way to no way out and then they just lose their shit
0: I wish we could. I wish we could do one show where we didn't have to mention him, but that's not going to happen.
1: No, <laughs> At least not, for a not while. in recent times. No. Yeah,
0: but the two things I'd say about him. There's two things he's doing right now, right? One of them is he's threatening to sue CNN if they don't stop saying the big lie, or or <laughs> or talking talking bad about him, you know. He's threatening to sue. Big whoop, right? (laughs) Nobody cares. Well, well,
1: that's it. I mean, that's what narcissists and bullies do. They don't really have the ability to act on anything because it's all based on a lie. So they're going to threaten you and hope to God you back off. But when people stop backing off, that's when these fuckers lose.
0: Well, that's the other thing that the other this is this is a. Throw the last strand of spaghetti against the wall and see if it sticks. Right. Uh, their newest argument is, well, he can't be guilty of a big lie because he really believes he won. But that's, but then, that's their argument. That's their argument. He really <laughs> believes it, so so he's not lying.
1: <laughs> that that's their argument, in spite of the fact that everything that's come out in the January sixth committee. Uh, shows that everybody around him told him it wasn't true. He even admitted that it wasn't true. That's a weak-ass argument. It hasn't worked as yet. It's not going to work now.
0: Well, it's, it's like the, uh, the argument uh, that, that Bannon's lawyers tried to put up. When they finally got to the court, they had nothing because the judge had already said, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. Nope, can't say that. Well, then we can't do a defense bingo.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, then what does uh, Bannon do after he gets convicted? You know, he's all tough guy. We're going on the offense. (laughs) We're doing this. He goes in and he gets convicted. What does he do when he comes out? Does he acknowledge, okay, I was wrong. I'm going to jail. Let's get beyond this. No, he comes out and says, well, we lost the battle, but we're going to win the war because we're going to do this. We're going to expose people. Fuck you. Go to jail. Shut the fuck up. You're going to become inconsequential and a pariah, and nobody gives a fuck about you anymore, which is the only thing you care about.
0: Yeah, I I mean, he's supposed to be in prison anyway. I mean, this is just, you know, he he was able to delay it with the pardon or the whatever uh, Trump gave him. I don't think it was an actual pardon, but uh, anyway, kept him out of jail.
1: I think. So, he, comm- uh, Yeah, I think he commuted the sentence. Yeah, that's right. I think yeah. he commuted the sentence. Well, now that here's the interesting thing about Donald Trump, of course, Donald Trump is trying to fight against the investigations and all this stuff. And uh, he went to court to suggest that he had what eternal immunity or whatever the fuck you want to call it that he was immune because he was president. Well, he's not president anymore. He had gone to the same judge in February suggesting the same thing, and the judge said, fuck you, that's not a real thing. No, you don't get immunity. (laughs) So these guys are so desperate, they go back to the same judge and try it again like it's going to work. I have a feeling what's going on is, is that Donald Trump is so delusional that he, he tells his lawyers, go do this. And they go, we already did that. That's not going to work. I don't care. Do it again. You know, he's just, he is just flailing. He's trying to do anything he can to save himself. And he, I don't think he has, he yet realizes that there is no way to save himself. He's fucking done. He's got a fork sticking out of him. He is done. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, he's done.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. And it's just a matter of time. I, I can't wait till the day we see the cameras showing the FBI agents or who, whichever agency gets the honor of doing it, walks him out of Mar a Lago. I yeah. mean, it's coming. It's coming. Because well, they, they're, they're not going to let him surrender. They're going after him. I guarantee well, you. They want that. They want people to see that.
1: Well, you know, the the, the, the theory is the reason they don't want to or didn't in the past want to indict a former president is because of how it would divide the country and how the shit show would start and how the Republicans would do the same thing. and It would be back and forth. I get that. I get that. But what's gone on is so egregious and so blatant and so damaging to this country and the people in this country. Those same things you're concerned about might happen when you indict him will happen if you don't indict him. So the world has changed. Whatever history tells us isn't true because what Donald Trump wrought on this country is far different than anything we've ever seen. So they almost have to indict him, whether he'll end up in jail or not. I don't know, but you need that perp walk. You need that. You need that destruction of his life. Uh, so he's cast aside as a pariah and as a broke ass loser. And, uh, even if he doesn't go to jail, he will suffer immensely.
0: Yeah, I, I forget who it was. It was somebody fairly prominent who just the other day said, uh, in five years, no one will admit that they voted for Donald Trump.
1: Agreed. Agreed. But you know what? The people who fought for Donald Trump with me, I'm never letting yeah. them forget it.
0: Oh, yeah. Fuck no. Me either.
1: No. What no. they've done to no. this country is so damaging – they deserve to live with the stink that's on them now, and it will never go away as far as I'm concerned.
0: Well, from from where I'm sitting here, I can see where the former home was of one of the judges of the Nuremberg trials. And um, I think it's analogous. I mean, we had to have the Nuremberg trials at the end of uh, the Nazi era where we didn't hang them all but they all came up before the judges before the uh, the courts and were it was shown what they had done you know right. some of them got prison sentences some of them got executed others got nothing other than being exposed but it was a way of uh, expurgating the trauma right. and i think that's what we need and and i don't think it should end with trump it has to end with, I mean, if the, the Homeland Security guy was part of it, if the the uh, Secret Service uh, director was part of it, if the Postmaster General was part of it, they all need to be exposed and they need to do the time, so to speak. They've earned it.
1: They do. And, and you know, I, I, I said before he was even elected that, that Donald Trump could very well destroy the Republican Party and he has because the Republican Party bears no resemblance to what we once knew it as i mean we whether you like it or not it's there's no resemblance to what it was and now we have this thing that comes out where there's apparently some moderate democrats and moderate republicans looking to start a third party and a lot of people are worried about that oh you're going to split the democratic vote not really I mean, I think I think what's happening here is Republicans and some of the moderates, uh, uh, Democrats like Joe Manchin and that sort of thing are seeing that without two parties in this country, democracy doesn't work. Even if the Democrats are are in power, they are Mm -hmm. they are fully capable of destroying shit, too. So there needs to be a second party. I don't see them. Uh, if they actually pull this off and nobody else has been able to do it, I don't see them as a third party. I see them as a replacement for a failed Republican Party.
0: I, I hope that's the case. I mean, I know Andrew, Andrew Yang is involved with that.
1: and I don't um, like him. I, 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 I don't care for him either. You he's, know, not, um, he's not a politician. Stay the fuck out of it. Just because you got money and you know about computers doesn't mean you know shit about running this country.
0: Yeah, I don't want any businessman ever again. If somebody says, what we need is business, man, I'm going to smack them. Because no, we don't. We don't need someone who is only concerned with profit. We need somebody who is concerned with making sure everybody gets a piece of the pie. That's what we need. And right, that's exactly. not a businessman ever.
1: No, I mean, I, we, we'd heard that over the years. Well, if a businessman got in there, we'd get this straight. Now, I will say this. We got a businessman as president, but he is a horrific businessman. He is a complete <laughs> failure. So I don't know that we've shown that businessmen are, are a bad choice for president. But what we did find out with Donald Trump is that you have to know a little bit about the system. You know how to, you have to know how to play the fucking game in order to accomplish the things you want to. And as much as Donald Trump may have been a horrific businessman, he also was illiterate when it came to politics
0: or anything else. Well, uh, and, that's and, true. and maybe actually totally illiterate. I mean, we know he can sign his name really big, but that's pretty much it. Um, I'm not sure that he tweets the tweets. I don't think he could count the, um, the number of uh, letters and get it right. You know, I, I think he's having Stephen Miller was probably doing that for him or somebody was.
1: Yeah, that's one guy I want to get see get nailed. <clears throat> Stephen Miller. That guy looks like a uh an evil cartoon villain. He is a fucking joke. He is stupid, and he is a a, 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 a a scourge on this society. He's a younger man. We need to shut that fucker down before he causes more damage.
0: Yeah, I've said this a thousand times to people. If life was a movie, you'd look at Trump and you'd know exactly what he was. I mean, the, the theater-going people are finally movie-going people. Are fine, are um, fairly intelligent about that kind of thing. Early in the movie, you know who the villain is
1: always, right? right.
0: And you you know who his evil enabler is the uh, um, uh, worm tongue or, <laughs> or whatever you want to call him, uh, the evil with vizier or uh, uh, you know that kind of thing. That's Stephen Miller and uh, uh, the dopey daughter is Ivanka. You you just keep going, you know. <laughs> Uh, uh, you can you can place them all uh, in there. Steve Bannon, my God, you know, the hunchback of Washington, you know, whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But
0: uh, um, they all fit in there and you know what they are. Yet people vote for them. Yeah,
1: I That's don't ridiculous. understand that. I, I don't, don't either. But, but Donald Trump has got to see the end coming. I mean, you've got Fox News. And uh, they're kind of going against him now. Mike Pence and Donald Trump speak at the same time in Washington, D.C., and they say, well, let's run Mike Pence's thing, who's an absolute joke in his own right. But they say, yeah, Donald, not so much. That's kind of unprecedented for Fox to say we're not going to run anything with Trump. We're going to stick to Pence. And then you have the New York Post, which is also owned by Rupert Murdoch. Murdoch. And uh, an article comes out that says Donald Trump is unfit to run for president in 2024. His strongest uh, uh, supporters are now falling away from him. And once he has no supporters or not enough supporters, that fucker's done.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, Murdoch is obviously turned on him. He's using the newspapers now on Fox. I mean, as you say, what they're doing is what they're not covering. You know, um they use that against Biden too. I mean when when there's a Biden win, they'll do something about Hunter or something, you know, right. over here. Instead of showing what every other network is showing, they'll show something different, right? So it it's it's ignoring stuff. Well they're starting to do that with Trump now, as you say. You know, the other day they both had dueling conferences out in Arizona are rather um uh, D. C. events. Yeah. In DC. Right. And uh, so they show us Pence for 17 minutes and Trump not at all. So right. there you go. And Pence, my God, his message. I'm just like Trump. Only I'm not. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that's a winner
1: to think that <laughs> what, what, what I what I think is the epitome of delusional is Mike Pence thinking he might run for president in 2024. Let's let's look at the facts here. Nobody in the Democratic Party would ever vote for Mike Pence under any fucking circumstance. Nobody. No. Nope. Zero. At least a third of the Republican Party hate Mike Pence because he betrayed Donald Trump.
0: So you yep. might have
1: maybe 20% of the Republican Party that might think, well, if this is all we got, I'm going to vote for him because he's Republican. But there is no way he has enough uh enough momentum to win a fucking governorship, let alone a fucking presidency.
0: Yeah. No matter who runs, if only Republicans vote for them, they cannot win. They have to pick up swing voters or Democrats,
1: you, you know, know, they have to. Yeah, they do. And, and, you know, I've told people this too. Everybody's worried about is Joe Biden going to run? Is Donald Trump going to run? I'm the prediction I'm making right now is The people that run in 2024 under the Republican Party and the Democratic Party will be people we don't, well, I won't say we don't know them right now, but we have no idea that they'll be running for president. That 2024 election will be vastly different than what we've gone through in the last six years.
0: Well, I'm I'm assuming that Joe Biden is the candidate, quite frankly, for the Democratic side. Republican, who knows, like you say. But the, the thing to remember is presidential popularity in these days is not what it once was. No. Once upon a time, you know, you could have a guy like uh, John McCain, who would get Democratic voters from veterans, from people like that, right? Um, right. He might draw, you know, because uh, he was a prisoner of war. He was an honorable guy. Uh, he voted sometimes for the right thing. So, But that, that era is gone. Now it is just split down the middle. And it's going to be almost 50-50 with a few points either side. You know, the the, the popularity stuff doesn't matter um, over the long haul uh, because it it goes with the flow, so to speak. You know, we got inflation, so Biden is not popular right now. Inflation disappears. His his numbers will go up, but we're still divided about right down the middle with a, just a little bit of an edge for the Democrats.
1: Right. You know? Well, you know, I think I think the fact is with with Joe Biden, he'll be 82 mm-hmm. when he runs in 70 or er, 24. I just don't think he's going to run uh, whether whether the Democrats want him or not. I just don't think he's going to run. And for the longest time, I was thinking of people like Katie Porter or Eric Swalwell mm-hmm. or Cory Booker running for for uh, the the Democrats in the presidential election. I'm starting to really feel for, for the better or worse, I'm starting to really feel it's going to be Gavin Newsom in California. He's going after some shit. Yeah. And he may not be a bad candidate for the Democrats. He's younger, good looking guy. He's doing some shit with the uh, gun situation in California. That's uh, really rubbing it in the face of the Republicans. He might be a viable candidate in 2024.
0: Well, you can see what he's doing One thing he's doing is uh, throwing it at his uh, likely opponent, and that's DeSantis down in Florida. Yeah, he is. Uh, he is throwing shade at him big time.
1: He is, and you know the thing about it is, is people are always afraid that Donald Trump right, might run for president, and if they're not uh, Donald Trump, then Ron DeSantis. Honestly, I think the best thing for the Democrats would be that Donald Trump did run. For the Republican Party.
0: Yeah, I mean DeSantis is never going to agree to be vice president to Trump. It ain't no, going to happen.
1: No, but even DeSantis, for as crazy as he is, I compare it to like Herschel Walker running against Warnock and J.D. Vance running against Tim Ryan. They're too right. fucking out there. They're too crazy. And after the next two years of all that's exposed, they'll have a fucking prayer. No, it's, it's, it's not going to work for them.
0: Well, I look at you know, look at the Republican Party and how dis in disarray they are. That uh, you've got Dr. Oz, you've got J.D. Vance, right? You've you've got the crazy guy running for governor in Pennsylvania, who's Mister Nazi, um, yeah. you, Herschel Walker. Got, you've got Herschel Walker. You've got these candidates who couldn't win dog catcher in an all in a a town that hates dogs. You know, right. I mean, it, it's just. Uh, it's insane. I mean, I I know Marjorie Taylor Greene got elected, and uh, Lauren Bobert got elected. Oh, did you see her latest thing on? Uh, uh, yeah. For some reason, uh, Beyonce. Uh, if, if Beyonce loves America so much, why is her name French? Yeah, I looked up Bobert. Guess where it comes from? France. The Normandy invasion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's, uh, it entered the English language when William the Conqueror came across the, the English Channel and, and uh, conquered England. It's a French name.
1: Lauren oh, Boebert is so stupid. Yes. I'm embarrassed to hate her.
0: I know. <laughs> it's kind of like you you step on gum, right? Yeah. You hate it having to peel it off your shoe, but you gotta. Yeah, you, know? you gotta.
1: You gotta stand there and and. In- ingratiate yourself into taking this gum off it's just i was
0: kind i was kind because i wanted to say you step in dog shit and you have to clean it off your shoe but i didn't say that i went with gum i took the high road
1: (laughs) well and and, you know people are talking about how she how she was uh (laughs) uh an escort and maybe an escort for uh uh for ted cruz and and she came out and says I was not an escort for Ted Cruz. She didn't say she wasn't an escort <laughs> for other people, just not no. Ted Cruz because she no. she thought that was beneath her. And it probably was cuz Ted Cruz is a is a is a squishy piece of shit. I I, I mean he
0: might be able to get an escort but he's going to have to pay double, I guess. Yeah,
1: he's going to have to pay double and uh yeah, fucking a. I think the tide is turning. I think things are moving away from the rep- republican fucking racist and such i think it's they're they're finally in their death dive they're spiraling and they're gonna fucking crash and donald trump will be right at the bottom of that shit heap
0: well we hope so uh we we certainly do hope so and i i i feel uh, uh after having a bit of uh a dark night of the soul there for a little while. I, I, I'm feeling optimistic again. And that I think the January 6th committee and specifically um, the Hutchinson testimony uh, lifted everybody because there it was and it was irrefutable.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Ed, we're running out of time as we tend to do, but I appreciate yeah. you coming by and talking some shit with me. Had fun. All right, we'll we'll be talking to uh, Ed next week as well, and uh, dig or dive deeper into uh, the shit known as the Republican Party, and hopefully, the future of America looks brighter as these folks start to fade away. So, um, I hope you have a great day, and uh, we will talk to you again tomorrow.
0: Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. (laughs)